Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to my show. My name is Joe Hammond. I'm the primary school music specialist and computing specialist. Um, and today, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, primary and early years music teaching for the non-specialist. Live from London, this is the Saturday Lunch with Joseph Hammond on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, I hope everyone that's listening is well. Um, so, I wanted today to talk a little bit about um, teaching music as a primary school teacher when you're not a specialist or a musician, because it's one, it's one of the subjects that primary teachers and early years teachers fear the most. Um, and this is why people like me are important in schools, because we can help not only increase and raise awareness of the importance of a good ed music, uh, education in music and including it as part of the curriculum but also it doesn't have to be something that everybody fears it's not a bad it see I'm a music specialist and I'm also a teacher, but actually I'm quite a rare breed. It's not, it's not a automatically the case where a music specialist, a musician will always be a better teacher than a qualified teacher. Yeah, skill does not skill and talent and um an experience in a subject does not always translate to being able to teach it well um and you can you can teach music really well even if you're not a musician you can teach computing really well even if you're not good with computers um when I was looking at some of the things, um, some things online for this, um, I found something that I think sums it up pretty well. Okay, so teaching primary music as a non-specialist, but I'm not musical. Well, are you a poet? No, but you still teach poetry. Are you a historian? No but you still teach history. I'm talking about primary and early years here. Are you 
a published author. Well, I, I, I mean, when I say no, I'm sure there are teachers out there that are poets, historians, athletes, etc. But you don't have to be any of those things to be good at teaching English history, physical education. You, are you a pub? Most teachers, it's safe to say, are not published authors, yet many are amazing at teaching English. Are you a statistician or a physicist or a mathematician or an artist? No. Well, if you are, that's brilliant and that can be your specialism. But if you're not, then that doesn't mean that you can't teach English, you can't teach maths, you can't teach science, you can't teach art. Of course you can. Um, and this is something that me, as a teacher, I'm kind of the opposite of that. I'm not confident in teaching anything except my specialist subjects. However, I am. I, I am confident in my ability to teach music and technology. And if it relates to those topics and subjects, then I can bring my own spin to those things and make them good. But my point is, is that you don't have to be a musician in order to teach music really well. Same with computing. You don't have to be an expert in computers to teach computing well. Because as teachers, it's not <clears throat> about especially in in music it's not about doing always doing things the right way and the wrong way um in computing maybe there's more logic brought into it but you don't have to be an expert um and there are plenty of resources out there that will allow you to to, to give you something to follow. And, you know, if you're a good teacher, you're not just going to read from the curriculum and that's it and not, not put your own spin on it and things like that. You will find a way of making it your own. And this is what I think more people need to be doing with music if they're not a specialist. Now, I do believe, and I've mentioned this in one of my shows before, that there's certain things that only I can do as both a musician and a teacher. I'm trained in both. And there's certain things that only somebody like me could do. But that being said, that doesn't mean that class teachers, primary and early years, can't include music in their show. And this is where, and this is some of the bits of advice and things that I wanted to address in today's show. So first things first, I wanted to just put it out there that if you're not a musician, that doesn't mean that you cannot teach music well if you are a primary 
and or early years teacher. Um, and in fact, I actually um, visited um, a nursery for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, a couple of their a couple of their staff were quite musical, but they'd established an atmosphere where the other members of staff were more than happy to bring the children into a musical environment, a musical setting, and um, engage them in singing some songs, playing some instruments, and were getting stuck in, even if it wasn't their strength. And this is where... Um, and this is where that keep getting the right atmosphere is one of the most important things because, well, we know from psychology research and we know from teaching experience that if we don't engage with our subject, if we don't engage with what we're teaching, then it's very, very hard for the children and students that you're teaching to engage with it. And so atmosphere is one of the, getting the right atmosphere is one of the most important things to start with. And once you've got the right atmosphere, a lot of the other things will fall into place. So if you're a non-specialist, and you're trying to teach music to um, your primary class or your early years class, what is it that you can do? Well, you are the facilitator. Um, and if the children see you giving it a go and getting, getting stuck in, then they are far more likely to get stuck in as well. And when I've been in mainstream schools, I've often said this to a lot of teaching assistants and teachers when I've run singing assemblies. I've said that you all need to make the effort to join in. And if people see you just sitting down when the rest of the children are stood up and not doing anything and not joining in, yet you're telling the children to join in, there's that's a bit hypocritical, really. Um, so you have to make sure that you're setting a, an example. That's the first thing. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I guess one little. Is if it's a confidence issue, then great if you're committed to and want to be better at it then that's great but you can't improve your teaching of a subject unless you are committed in the right way to doing so and you know i've it might not be comfortable you know when i've covered phonics lessons or i've covered um art lessons or I've covered, um, 
you know, I, I taught maths lessons. It's not my comfort zone. My music teaching is uh, like 10 times better than my teaching of any of the other subjects, really. Um, and I guess one of the things that I like about being a specialist of the subjects where I am a specialist, like music, like um, computing, is the curriculum is very, it's not, the model music curriculum is optional, the national curriculum is half a page for music and roughly the same for computing. I haven't looked at it for a while, but I know that there's not much content there compared to what is required for state schools to cover in maths, English, science, etc. That gives a lot of creative freedom to do things your way, to set your own atmosphere, to set um, your own your own goals, as long as you cover the basic elements that are written in in the national curriculum. And if you're an independent school, well, actually, even if you won't directly um, look at ticking boxes in the national curriculum, you'll still be a you'll still naturally cover everything if you have regular music lessons and they're and they're covering the base elements of performing creating and yeah pretty much performing and creating are the other and listening i guess are the three big things um so what can you do well you can help the children find their voice. Now, helping your children find their voice doesn't mean that you have to um, show how good of a singer you are because they are the ones at the end of the day that are performing. You just have to give them the confidence and the right atmosphere and the right setting and build up the right relationship to do that and help them develop their own style, their own thoughts, their own taste in music. And then they'll be able to find their voice and shy singers, um, if you keep at it, will be able to come out of their shell and you'll be able to set up a musical atmosphere within your school and that that's that's key at primary and early years level those are the key things now obviously there are um there will be those that will want to take it further um when they start having private um music lessons on piano guitar uh trombone in my case whatever it is that they start learning, then they'll take it further. And then you can differentiate where you can, because, you know, there will be children in your older year groups that will be able to tell you some of the technical terms of music and will be able to explain lots of 
things that they've learned through their private lessons to you. They, so you can differentiate, give them harder parts at the same time. There's, um, sometimes it can be tempting to feature those children too much. They have to learn to play with the group as well. Um, if, you know, there are higher standards, they can maybe have a harder part to play that's more advanced, but they still need to be able to play with the group. And it's not all about them, it's about everybody together. And that's, um, that's a fundamental skill. And you can still teach the musical, the main musical elements, even if you're not a specialist. So just to go over what those are, you have pulse, you have rhythm, you have dynamics, you have pitch, you have tempo, and you have timbre. Now, timbre is an interesting one. I find that a little bit difficult to teach. But the others, if you've got their basic meaning, then you can build activities around that. So pulse is keeping the beat. Rhythm, I describe that to children as the pattern. Um, dynamics, loud and quiet. Pitch, high and low. Tempo, fast and slow. And timbre, meaning texture. Um, all of those things are quite simple to explain. And when they're younger, they don't even have to know what those words mean you can still do activities around music that gets faster or slower, um, pitch that gets higher or lower, or dynamics that get louder or quieter, things like that. You can still include them. Now, there's a lot of debate around do you teach the elements individually or do you include them naturally? Now, personally, I will explain what they are and some, I will do a bit of both. Sometimes I will teach them how to do rhythms, how to, I will get them to practice keeping the beat to a piece of music through conducting, something like that. I will talk to them and teach them about dynamics, getting louder, getting quieter, etc. But a lot of the time, I will also bring those things up during studying a particular piece of music or um, singing a particular song or playing a particular piece on instruments. I will bring those into it. The elements of music are not something that you've taught that, okay, now that's it, move on. There's something that is can be included in everything that you do. Um, but it's not something that people should be afraid of um, because there's pretty simple activities that you can do around those things. Pulse, for example, all you really have to do, the most basic activity that you can do 
which specialists and non-specialists can do, is play a piece of music, clap the beat. This you can be as simple as that. Um, every and with rhythm as well. <clears throat> I know that the clapping technique for primary schools. getting the kids to do that back to you, that's a very popular behavior management technique. So why? So you can already do call and response. For those that don't know, call and response is where you play a rhythm, the children copy you. So if you do already do that for behavior management, you can already do that for teaching rhythms dynamics um if i was introducing dynamics then well you could get the children to do loud and quiet sounds and then maybe spot them in a piece of music where it's obvious what the dynamics are um and there's very clear changes in how loud and quiet the piece of music is with tempo find a piece of music where it changes tempo in the hall of the mountain king is a good example it gradually gets faster throughout the piece um conducting that that's a lot of fun um because it just starts super slow and dynamics as well starts super slow super quiet it gets louder and louder and louder and louder and it gets faster and faster and faster and faster until the very end where it's complete chaos so you have a lot of um options for things that are easily available for free um and yeah i should do that actually i should i should give some um resources um that are perfectly accessible for Carter teachers um and i will a bit later so you can do all sorts of things without having to be able to play an instrument or be able to sing or anything like that you can still notice things about music you can still notice things about um well, pieces of music that you've learned, you can still notice things about your the way in which music sounds. It doesn't it doesn't have to be something that you've studied for years. Um, now, so singing um, is one thing, and playing instruments is another thing. Now. Classroom management with playing instruments can be interesting. So you have to be able to set expectations really well there. And this is where I find that sometimes musicians who are not trained teachers struggle because they know how to um, they know how to play their instruments. They studied it to professional level, but can they then teach that? Well, not always. Some are naturally brilliant at it. And I've met some of those people and kudos to them. But others, they, for, 
I, I find that the biggest mistakes they make is that they forget what it's like to be a child and they forget what it's like when you first learn an instrument. So they expect too much. And then another thing that I found is they don't follow the, or they follow the materials that they're teaching too much. And by that, I mean that um, they'll look at a resource like Charanga or like SingUp or like um, BBC 10 Pieces or any of any of these resources and they'll follow it to uh, and they'll follow it to the letter without any deviation or they'll let's say they're doing whole class instrumental teaching let's say you've got whole class trumpets teaching or whole class brass or whole class violins and you're focusing on the same piece of music over and over again for six weeks now even if there's things to work on, if you do too much of the same thing, it gets tedious, even for younger children. You've got to vary it. And it's a hard balance. I found it often a hard balance to get right. Sometimes I will focus on a song too, or, a, or a piece of music too much. Other times... I might focus uh, too little on something and move on too quickly, go too fast. That's about pacing of the lesson. And that's where teacher skills come into it. A teacher will perhaps have the training and experience to be able to look at how the children are doing and say, OK, this perhaps needs work or a bit more work or perhaps... I could teach them this concept by doing this or this isn't working. Let's move on to something else. A good, um, a good teacher will know when and how to do that. Um, and it's, it's the same with music as well. A lot of trained musicians might not consider those things because they... And another common mistake is that people have different tastes, different learning styles, different things that they enjoy doing. And so there's no one size fits all. And some musicians might default to thinking that, well, I'm teaching them so they have to do it in my way. But You've got to be able to adapt as a teacher. And this is one of the things that teachers, good teachers, can do that musicians who are not trained teachers sometimes struggle with. Now, yeah, so let's look at singing. Now, there's simple things that you can do as a non-specialist and there's so many people who say i'm not i'm not a singer i can't sing to save my life um but that doesn't mean that they can't join in as a group it's okay to not want to 
sing on your own because that can be a uh, topic of contention for many people but still doesn't mean you can't introduce it so and i think i think i've mentioned this before the number one most common mistake that class teachers make is if they're not singers adults tend to pitch things their voices very low and let's say it's a song where you haven't got a backing track and it's just you singing they have to they often they've often got naturally low voices and so they will pitch it and will sing very low and that's where um it's a mistake that's a common mistake and it's a common mistake because children have much higher voices than adults obviously even if you're female children have higher voices than grown females and most grown females that i know are uh, at the alto range which is lower voice rather than soprano range and children need to be able to sing the songs that you're doing because if they can't then they won't and they might give up and i've talked about this before um lynn marsh who i had as a guest um a few months ago sarah has said and uh, agreed with me that the safe range is low c to high c um so if you're a non-specialist though and you don't know what that means that's okay simply start higher than you think don't start at a range that is you know in your comfort zone start as a range that's a bit higher than that and then the children will be able to join in easier now i'm lucky that i have quite a large vocal range so and also i have perfect pitch so i can do this but if adults simply start a bit higher than they think then the children will be able to join in much more um and even if if they're early years even if they're not 100 percent in tune that's okay they will learn as they hear music and get experienced they will learn to listen to the, to the pitch and then those that want to take it further can join advanced choirs with their local youth music service or whatever is available and then they can take it from there right well i'm half an hour into my show so i am going to play the news uh the ad adverts and the two minute tech and i'll be back in eight minutes or so this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from witherslack group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, 
podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. SteveWoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit SteveWoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half-term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary. Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at stevewoods.co.uk. Here at Witherslack Group, we are celebrating the launch of our new Luxborough Court School in Chickwell, Essex, with a very special one-day autism conference titled Enabling Inspirational Education. Taking place on Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School, our event is dedicated to providing practical advice to education professionals working with neurodiverse children and young people. The event is free to attend and presentations on the day will focus on creating cultures of aspiration and excellence, supporting the emotional well-being of pupils, autism-friendly classrooms and managing challenging behaviour. So, whether you're looking to add to your extensive understanding or are new to SEN and wanting to build your knowledge, our conference will offer an amazing opportunity to engage with experts and network with colleagues from across the sector. Don't miss your chance to claim your free ticket and we hope you can join us for what's sure to be a fantastic day. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash events to register or contact events at witherslackgroup.co.uk for more information. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. The Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has called for all pupils in primary schools to receive free school meals. He wants an urgent expansion of the scheme to include all students in years 3, 4 and 5, regardless of household income. He said, free school meals were something my family relied upon and every child in London deserves that safety net. With the summer holidays on the horizon, it is essential that the government act now to reinstate the meal voucher system to give families dignity and nutritional choice over the summer. This should then be followed by the introduction of universal free school meals for all primary school children from the start of the new school year in September. Multiple London councils are already leading the way on this 
and showing what can be done if we put the health and well-being of our young people first in such perilous economic times. It is time for the government to step up. Official figures show that inflation reached 9% in April as the cost of food, energy and transport surges and is expected to reach 11% later this year. Polling by YouGov found that 83% of adults in London say their household cost of living has increased over the last six months. The NAS UWT Teachers Union is calling for a 12% pay increase for teachers this year and has said it will ballot members in England, Wales and Scotland for industrial action if its demands are not met. Dr Patrick Roach, NAS UWT General Secretary said, Teachers are suffering, not only from the cost of living crisis, which the whole country is grappling with, but 12 years of real terms pay cuts, which has left a 20% shortfall in the value of their salaries. If the government and the pay review body reject a positive programme of restorative pay awards for teachers, then we will be asking our members whether they are prepared to take national industrial action in response. The government wrongly assumed teachers would simply stand by as they erode pay and strip our education system to the bone. But this weekend, thousands of teachers from every corner of the UK joined together to demonstrate our strength, unity and determination to stand up and to fight back. Our message is clear and has now been delivered directly to the government on their doorstep. We will not allow cuts to our members' pay and attacks on their pensions. If a pay rise is not awarded, it will be won by our members in workplaces through industrial action. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, in this week's Two Minute Tech, we're going to look at how smart is a smart pen. Smart pens and notebooks are a bit of tech that make your handwritten notes become more useful and more importantly, digitally accessible. There are three main technologies used, app-based, image capture-based and real-time capture. Today is a look at the thinking process you can apply when looking at a new gadget. Obviously, the first decision I always make is not going to be considered. That being, is it a gadget? Yes, then I need it. Throughout this, the trusty spreadsheet will assist to calculate cost. Going as cheap as possible, I found a diary and 10 pens delivered for $5.99. So that is my baseline. If I wanted an academic planner, the baseline would obviously increase. So, what's the next cheapest but digital option? I found a reusable wipe clean diary. This is a few different formats, but a decent one I saw was a calendar template on one side and a line template on the other. Both were wipe clean. You downloaded an app on your phone to take a picture. The app recognized the diary entries and the handwriting and then converted it to digital. There's a lot of different makes on the market, so do compare and read reviews. A guide price would be around 40 pounds and a quick calculation in my spreadsheet says it would take six years to match the cost of a cheap diary. My question there is, will it last that long? 
Also, at this point, it is worth noting that there are free apps out there that let you do the same with your ordinary diary. So really, the cheapest way to go digital is to use a free app and take a picture of what you already have. If you still want a new gadget, your decision may depend on if you feel a big lump of plastic is more environmentally friendly or you prefer the features of the capture app that's being used over a free one. The final technology is real-time note-taking. Now, when I saw this, I instantly needed one. Then I remembered I type everything or use voice capture for meetings, so I'd never use it. However, that is not a reason not to want one. This more expensive tech uses a special pen and notebook and communicates in real time with an app so you can see what you're writing on screen as well as in the book. Also, like the others, it will recognize handwriting and convert to digital characters to allow pasting into other applications. At £110 for a notepad, the pen and the app, it isn't cheap, taking 18 years to break even and with the cheapest replacement notebook costing £16 as well, this will actually never break even. In conclusion, I recommend you stick to your diary and find an app you like to capture it. Or, if you have a laptop with touchscreen, you probably can do all of this anyway. For me, smart pens are not that smart when it comes to price. You do get what you pay for, though. Do you have a smart pen? Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022 and follow us and tell us what you want to know about tech? I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Okay, so... um. We have been talking about uh, music as taught in primary and early years by the non-specialist. Um, <clears throat> and I want to uh, cover some resources now, I think, um, because there are plenty of resources out there, um, but the ones that I like the most, um, there's three that I like the most that are, well, one isn't free, but the other two are. And the first that I want to draw attention to is Classroom 200. Now, this used to be used as, uh, this used to be known as Classical 100. I mean, it was that which is still available but um the classic classroom 200 involves more styles of music classical 100 is just classical music but they both work on the same principle schools can sign up and they can um explore 100 free pieces of classical music and 100 free pieces of a variety of other different music you can um you can change the age range so you can see pieces where it's got um con lesson content that is relevant to your age group um and you can so you can filter it that way you can filter it where <clears throat> by musical elements where they'll give you advice on how to use this piece of music to teach um to teach different elements of music um and it's got um and you can filter it by genre as well if you're looking just for um, specific pieces of music. So 
you know, orchestral pieces, stage and screen, so um, musical theatre, film music, um, TV music, etc. There's no video game music on there, but hopefully that will change sometime. I mean, that's just my wishful thinking there. Um, but um, there's all sorts on there. Even if you just want some kind of listening activity, um, this is this is an amazing um, resource for that. And for the classical pieces of music, they've got their own player. They've got links to YouTube videos for things like um, the stage and screen, the popular music, etc. And yeah, they've got lesson plans there written out on Classroom 200 and Classical 100 as well. They've got challenges you can work through, all of which will help um, both specialists and non-specialists to make sense of the piece of music and uh, to, to explore it further if you're doing a listening activity and it's not to although that being said it isn't just listening activities they've got um composing activities they've got um performing activities all sorts of things that can go with that particular piece of music um the other resource that i want so classical 100 and classroom 200 and anybody can sign up for free if they are um, a teacher in a school um bbc 10 pieces is amazing it's basically it's been going for um a few years now and they've got 40 different pieces of music with further explorations of those pieces and lesson plans to go with them for a variety of ability levels like some are aimed at secondary some are aimed at primary key stage two um although many can be adapted for key stage one as well just made a bit simpler and they've got a whole range of famous pieces of classical music from um, Sebast- uh, Bach's Carter and Fugue in D minor, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, West Side Story, um, in Hall of the Mountain King, Mars from the Planets, um, what else? Um, Ride of the Valkyries from Va- by Wagner, um, to original pieces of music such as um a body percussion piece by a Scottish composer called Anna Meredith, Earth, which is by Han- film composer Hans Zimmer. Um and yeah, it's just brilliant. There's so much there that you can do with all these pieces of music. And as I say, there's a big variety there. And my personal favourite singing resource, and I know, excuse me, and I know many other people's favourite singing resource is Sing Up. Um, Sing Up has some of the best songs for a primary school. I've talked about it before many times. I've had people on my show who have written songs 
for seeing art um who which um i use a lot in my teaching um and yeah it's just brilliant um there's there's so many great songs for all kinds uh or variety all ages variety of genres um it's just it's just brilliant um and they also have many original songs commissioned by them written for specific occasions or um musicals and productions that classes and schools can put on um and they've got loads of backing tracks or parts if you do play piano or ukulele or guitar um now one of the things that I really like about Sing Up if you're not a music specialist is that they have not just backing tracks, but they have um, tracks, uh, echo tracks, they call, where it's which is designed for if you were teaching a line to uh, for a song to a specific uh, to a group so for example on my turn your turn then i sing a line you sing it back to me um then they would use the echo track for that and um it's so it's really good for um yeah it's, it's really great for for teaching songs whether you're a specialist or not um and i played several songs from uh sing up before um when i've had my piano out and my guitar out and i've sung them um and yeah there's just some there's just some great stuff there um so now one of the most popular resources which i'm not personally a fan of is charanga see i i'm on the primary school music teachers facebook group um i know many agree with me on this but charanga is quite um dead in terms of you know the songs and a lot of the songs and the activities there you know it's a good setup a lot of it but a lot of the songs and plans don't really work for many people um and i would say it's not really worth the money that they charge you sing up absolutely is um because there's so many great songs there that i use all the time but um i'd say charanga isn't worth the money um unless they can improve some of their core content um and by that i mean better songs some better lesson structures things like that so there you go that's mostly a rundown of what i feel is um what i uh, some of the advice that i have for non-specialist primary and early years teachers who want to take their music further or don't know where to start with music teaching and it's one of their biggest fears um there's 
so many things that you can do and it's rare primary school teachers that are good musicians are fairly rare musicians who are also trained teachers are rare as well and so are um and so are primary school and early years music specialists so but i would say that still even if they're very young children they still deserve a good music education um and that that that's more in depth than just handing the child an instrument or just playing them songs on youtube there's more you can do with um with music education and that is where people like me come in but also i think if you find that your music coordinator or if you are a music coordinator or you're a head teacher or you're in charge of a a manager of a nursery and you want to bring music further in uh, and, and establish a good atmosphere and do more there's plenty of things that you can do it's mainly about getting started in the first place and that is the biggest um that's the biggest thing that is that's the hardest thing once you get started then progressing becomes easier until you get to a point where you can um where you're you're more confident so um to finish with i've just brought up a um top 10 pieces of advice for the non-specialist primary music coordinator so number one if you have class teachers who are good musicians then do seek out their help you know everybody asks me for um for advice on or for me to do something to do with instruments that aren't to do with a music lesson, but maybe a science lesson or a literacy lesson. Um, and if I've got free time, then I'd be happy to go over and I have. Um, and, oh yeah, something else that I didn't mention that's on here, that is very good advice, music hubs and partnerships with other music coordinators or schools so that you can um have a support network um some music services like my own local music service has regular meetings where people can get together find out what's going on training for people that want it and need it and all sorts of other things um there's and then um as i say there's commercially available schemes of work there's some that are good some that are not so good 
Um, it can be a good starting point. Um, if you are, if, if you know that you've kind of got an observation coming up, whether that be from the dreaded Ofsted or from, um, uh, from a manager, then they're probably most likely not going to want to see just you teaching the lesson by the book 100%. They might want your own spin. Um, if you're serious about developing the music teaching, then obviously CPD is a good idea. Um, and then there's... I guess the number one thing is not to panic about it. Um, and in many cases, it's okay if the um, if you're not one step ahead of the children. Especially in my other specialist subject, computing, often the children are one step ahead of many of the teachers. But actually there's a lot of value if you have a good rapport and a good relationship with your students then if they the student can teach you something new that you haven't explored or learned before that is where the that and there's so much value in that i know that there was a teacher that <clears throat> that ran a minecraft club a while ago and it was on ipads so it wasn't the um because if you've heard me talk about minecraft before you'll know that the pc version is the best version um but yeah she used an external scheme which had a set of building challenges and let the kids get on with it and then some of the older children would often teach her what to do and how to do it um now obviously me being an experienced player i can um i don't have that problem but that doesn't mean that there's still things that i don't know that lots of kids do um even at even at minecraft events conventions i've been the guy who talks about Minecraft in Education Edition and uh, presenting what it can do on stage and running workshops. I've done all that. There's still been kids out there that have joined my workshops that have shown me things and talked about things that I had that I didn't know about and they were more advanced than me. And sometimes with music, that can be the case as well. You know, there's, um, there's a couple of... Um, child prodigies who i follow on youtube who blow me away with how amazing they are um and but even if they're not a child prodigy but they've still had some private music lessons they might be still be able to teach the teacher some new things that they wouldn't otherwise be able to do in fact at secondary level we often had students becoming the musical directors of um, various groups. Like one of my brother's friends um, in, a, in me and my brother's secondary school, 
became the first student director of our school big band. That big band went on to record an album and it was really good and go on tours and it was really good, really successful. Now, not all student directors have the leadership skills to be that successful, but it is something that is possible. I then ended up running one of the choirs, the boys choir at my school. I became their musical director and I credit that with one of the things that started my own musical journey because I sort of got into it. Um, so students taking the lead can often be an unexpected area where you might learn something. And I have many students, even though, you know, I'm a professional musician and they're not, um, there's, they still love to conduct me, lead me in songs and musical things during their own, even during their own free playtime. And I love that. Right. I am going to finish there for today. Um, hopefully, um, if you've listened uh, back and you are not a specialist and you are a non-specialist music teacher, hopefully you'll have gained something from this show. Um, maybe some advice, maybe some motivation, maybe some support. Um, if people have any questions, there's there's several music teachers on Twitter, including myself, that I'm sure would be happy to help. Um, so yeah, just reach out to people, um, look online, find things and don't panic. Don't be afraid to, don't be afraid of music as a subject, even if you're not a musician. And on that note, thank you very much. And I won't see you next week because next week is the party, the Teachers Talk Radio get together and party. Exciting stuff. Uh, but I will see you probably in two weeks. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.